You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Monday, March 30th, 2020. At least I think that's the day. I'm Dave Biddle. I'm joined by Bill Bank Green. Bank, how you doing? Uh, no sports. Day whatever of no sports. You hanging in there? Yeah, hanging in there pretty good, Dave. Um, you know, hey, we make the best of it. They, they give us lemons. We're going to make lemonade. Uh, family's doing good. Uh, you know, we're hanging tough. So, like I say, I hope everybody's Doing well, I feel, for the people whose jobs have been interrupted through this and, you know, whose incomes have been interrupted. Those are the people I really feel for. And then the people that are, you know, have been hit by the coronavirus themselves or their families. I mean, this is, you know, unprecedented times, you know, uh, affecting not just sports but real life. So, you know, on my end, things are really, really good and very blessed and thank the Lord for that. But I know people have really been hit by this. So hopefully we can, you know, get to the point where we're cresting on the other side of the hill and headed toward normalcy. Yeah, thank goodness for Ohio State recruiting. That's helping us get through this time. Very wow. well said by you. You know, the uh, you know, the people, you know, the medical workers, you know, people in grocery stores, it's everybody's just keeping, you know, the people that have to work during this time, um, that, you know, they're like on the front lines of all this. So, yeah, these are crazy times. I mean, it almost feels trite to say, man, I really want sports back, but I really want sports back. But, again, at least we have Ohio State recruiting right now. At least we're going to have the NFL draft, it looks like, uh, next month. Uh, Roger Goodell's going to have the NFL draft as scheduled, he says. Uh, but let's get into Ohio State recruiting. Um, um, let's start with Travion Henderson. We've talked about him so much. He committed to the Buckeyes Friday night. It feels like it was four months ago. Uh, 7 p.m. Friday night, Travion Henderson, the number one running back in the country, became a Buckeye. No surprise, but still fantastic news, Bank. Yeah, great news. I mean, when you look at the combination of his speed, um, just his ability to make people miss, his ability to catch the football, I mean, it's a great gift for Ohio State. I mean, he was – he would have been my top choice of all the running backs they were after. And, and I thought this was a great year for running backs. And I thought Ohio State really did a good job of putting themselves in the game for a lot of different running backs, you know. And, and like I said, now Tony Alford now is, you know, ready to run for governor and everybody loves him. But, you know, he really was in this same position last year. Landed the top running back in the country, you know, in late spring, early summer. And, and then, you know, they threw in the, the family threw the curveball to Alford. And, and that was a tough one to recover from because they had spent so much time into Bijan Robinson. And then when you, you feel like you've got him, he didn't publicly commit, but he silently committed. Well, then you don't recruit other guys. And other guys form relationships with other schools. And then when he leaves you late in the process there, late summer, you've got a problem at that point. So... You know, I, I thought the shots at Alford were undeserved. I thought it was – I thought what happened last year was very explainable. It was, it, it was realistic what happened to them. And now this year, you know, you can see Tony's back being Tony again. And if, you know, 
some something horrible happens and Travion Henderson decommits in August, they will scramble again because uh, that's just the way this stuff goes. It was just bad luck last year. I don't think it was laziness on his part. I don't think it was miscalculating on his part. It was bad luck. And so I'm glad to see, for Alford's sake, now he's, you know, close to the town again. Great recruiter, great guy. You know, he always has been. And I'm glad to see this worked out for him this year. The irony last year is, you know, he, he recruited J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins had a historically great season for Ohio State. Tony Alford coached him up, recruited him, everything. Everybody was mad at Tony Alford last year. But, yeah, you uh, – you uh, recapped that very well. Um, and he also landed Trey Sermon. He's landed two excellent recruits for the 2021 class, including Evan Pryor, uh, to go along with Travion Henderson. And he landed Trey Sermon as well, the best running back on the grad transfer market. And I'm sure Ryan Day gets a lot of credit for that as well. Let's just jump ahead and talk about, talk about Trey Sermon. I was going to save that for the uh, last topic of the show. Let's just talk about that right now. We've been reporting, and everybody's been thinking it was a torn ACL. Um, turns out, according to Trey Sermon himself, it is a torn LCL, which is – Less severe than an ACL, for those who don't know. The LCL is the lateral collateral ligament, and it's you know it's more like a eight week recovery as opposed to an eight month recovery. You know, like an ACL is. So that's great news, Bank. If if it's a torn eight, uh, LCL instead of an ACL for Trey Sermon, he could be ready as soon as uh, football starts. Oh, I can't believe we didn't hear about this earlier. All the reports that came out from the day that injury happened, it was the same day Crowley got hurt. By the way. All the, everything I heard was that it was a devastating knee injury. It was horrible. It was a complete tear of everything. And, you know, um, very bad news is what we heard. But what we heard was never from Trey. We just, I don't know who we heard it from. You know, it was just reports out there that it was a terrible knee injury. And then when he, you know, puts it out that it's an LCL, and he should know. I mean, he should know his knee better than any of us. I would think he's, he's with his knee every day. So I, I, you got to believe the guy, you know. I mean, so I think all the reports that we had heard before were incorrect. I mean, so and this is amazing news. This is, you know, you, you hear all these CLs, you don't know the difference sometimes, but this is the difference between you know a, a broken ankle and a sprained ankle. I mean, there's a huge difference here. So Trey Sermon, you know, if we get football back this summer, summer workout start, he should be cleared and full go for summer, and then totally ready to roll in the fall. It's fantastic news. Uh, let's get into some recruiting. First of all, if you're a Bucknut subscriber and you've not read Bill's latest blog, read it. It is fantastic. It always is awesome material. This one is just top shelf, even for a bank standard. So if you've not read Bank's blog from yesterday, make sure you get on Bucknuts and read that. Let's get into some of the stuff from that blog. Um, let's start with the number one defensive tackle in the country, JT Tuomaloao, same high school as G. Scott, Jr., Eastside Catholic in, uh, in Washington. Uh, where do things stand from Ohio State's perspective with JT? Well, I think they're the clear leader right now. And I think um, the fact that they have someone, you know, from his high school already in the program makes it easier to recruit a kid that's a couple thousand miles away. I think if JT had to sign today, I think he would sign with Ohio State. So I think they're the leader in the clubhouse. And, you know, you can't – nothing much is happening right now other than over Skype, over phone, text. So, you know, I think everything is going to stay the same. The key for me in this is does he stay at home? You know, and I know it sounds good, you know, he wants to leave the state and all that, but, man, when we get into summer and things get normal and the games start up again and, you know, Washington's 
going to be able to recruit him from point-blank range. When Ohio State is still trying to do everything from a couple thousand miles away, does he resist the pressure of the in-state people to stay home and play for Washington? They have a new head coach, Jimmy Lake. He's looked at as a tremendous recruiter. So we got to see there. Same thing with Emeka Buka. I think if Emeka had to sign today, I think he probably would sign with Ohio State. And, and I think you know, you got to see how does the local pressure – how does it end up affecting these guys? Does Washington start off 5-0, and ranked high and excitement swirling around the program and everything going crazy? You know, because you, you, you're not going to get a signature from either of these guys till late December at the earliest. So that's the big thing for me is how do things affect them on the home front in the state of Washington? You know, does Washington start off 2-3 and three and the fans are mumbling and grumbling we lost Chris Peterson and we're in horrible shape. Or do they get off to a, a blazing start under the new coach and get some recruits and there's excitement and momentum around Washington, you know, kind of like Ohio State did last year with Ryan Day. Is it like the new guy really can do this? Does that happen at Washington? So I think, I think we're in for a long haul here with these guys. Um, but I really like where Ohio State stands today, especially with, with JT. I think, I think they pretty much – you know, they're in the driver's seat right now. But we got to just see when things get normal again, you know, what happens at Washington. On the other line, the offensive line, the Buckeyes already have, of course, two really good ones with Donovan Jackson and Ben Crispin in the class. How many offensive linemen do you think they're going to take? And what's the latest specifically with J.C. Latham and Jager Burton? I think they want four, but they're in on guys that I don't think they could say no to. And J.C. Latham, to me, I think I think he's in the class. Um, now, you know, I know there's some LSU smoke out there, and that, that could be sometimes, you know, kids like to have that second team in there because if everybody knows where you're going, then your announcement doesn't mean much. So there's usually got to be a second team pop up. Um, LSU, great recruiting staff, very formidable. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh them off. But I, I think Ohio State's in great shape with J.C., with Jager Burton again, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's done, but I think Ohio State is really the leader right now. And then the question comes down to: Can Jager leave his home state of Kentucky and come to Ohio State? On, on, you know, first look, you think, well, that sounds ridiculous. Ohio State can easily out recruit Kentucky. Well, if you go back and look at history here, in the last three, four years, when Ohio State has targeted an in-state Kentucky kid. And Kentucky wants them too. They, Ohio State hasn't gotten any of them. Okay, so let's let's just take a step back here before you consider Jager Burton an automatic. I do think Ohio State's in great shape there, and I think the fact that there's so much momentum, so much positivity around this class, it makes great players want to be a part of a great class. And you know, great players want to play against great players, but they also want to play with great players. So. I think Ohio State is set up great with Jager Burton. Then you've got guys like Rocco Spindler and David Davikoff. I mean, I don't think Ohio State is leading for either one of those guys. I think Michigan's in pretty good shape for both of them. But, you know, we've got a long way to go here. And as this Ohio State class starts to fill up and the momentum is there and here's a chance to be a part of the greatest class in history, does Spindler or Davikoff decide, man, I want to be a part of that? And, and there's no way you say no. Rocco Spindler. So all of a sudden, you wanted four. Maybe you land Latham and, and, and Jager Burton, and then Spindler wants in. Well, then you're going to five. 
at that point. You're not telling him no. And then later down the road, David Davikov one's in, you're going to go to six because they are in on guys that you just cannot say no to. And that's why, you know, I wrote yesterday that I think the number they want in this class, I think they're shooting for like 23 or 24. I don't think that's going to be possible. I think this class is going to be 27 or 28, and you figure out those extra four spots and what you got to do to get them filled. So they're just recruiting at such a high level that there's just too many kids that they're in on that they could not possibly say no to. You know, they're going to end up with probably six DBs at the end of this, and I don't think they were looking to get six DBs. But the quality that they're in on is just guys you cannot say no to. It's the best way to put it. Yeah, I was going to bring that up next. I love that you talked about that in your blog, Hal. Listen, you know, for a while you've been saying you think they're going to land 24. Now it's like throw the numbers out. This is going to be a historically great class. Just get all the great guys you can and then worry about the numbers later. Um, I think that's the best approach. Um, you know, it's just this has just been so much fun to watch. Another thing you pointed out in your blog, Jalen Johnson is listed as a safety, but you're saying it's, it's clear as day he's going to be a linebacker. And you also mentioned, I find this very interesting, not a big surprise, but very interesting, the days of Ohio State running the, the single high safety, which was just the one year with Jeff Halfley, probably is going to that those days are probably over with Kerry Combs. He's not going to do the single high safety. He's probably going to do the traditional two safeties, two corners. Is that correct? I think so. But, you know, Rondé, you know, he hasn't called me yet for, for any advice <laughs> on, on how to do anything, you know, let alone run his defense. He doesn't call me to ask me what shoes he should buy. So it's just how I see it. You know, Combs has never been a D coordinator before. This is his first time calling a defense in his life, and you're going to make him call a defense that he's never run before. He's never coached before. That single high look that Athlete brought to Ohio State, it's not run that much in college football. Very few schools run that, and only a few in the NFL run it. So it caught a lot of people by surprise last year that didn't know how to attack that look. I mean, it was a great defense. I loved it. And they had the right personnel with the three NFL corners in Wade, Arnett, Nakuda, and then you had the, the perfect center fielder back there in Fuller. I don't know that they have that roster makeup this year. And then, you, you know, you look at who they're recruiting now. They're recruiting a lot of safeties right now. So if your base look was going to be three corners and one safety on the field, you'd think they'd be recruiting corners right now at a three-to-one ratio, and they're not. So I'm just trying to put the tea leaves together and, you know, put the puzzle together. And to me, it looks like, there's no way they're going to run that single high safety look this year. And there's also no way Ryan Day is going to come out and tell everybody in college football that he's not going to run the single high safety look. He's not going to say that. So, you know, I'm just trying to put the tea leaves together here. Makes a lot of sense, as you mentioned in the blog. I mean, Kerry Combs is a first-time defensive coordinator, but he's going to run a defense that he's never operated before in his life. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. He's going to do what he knows, including what he learned with the Tennessee Titans. And he did mention the Titans did every look imaginable, so um, maybe they'll sprinkle it in there. But I'm with you. It just makes more sense. He's going to do what he's comfortable with. Uh, last thing, speaking of safeties, last thing on the show here, Kamar Wilcoxon, uh, decommitted from Florida. There's been a lot of talk about him. I know you, you probably know him very well, his recruitment. Uh, what, what do Buckeye fans know about Kamar Wilcoxon, and do you think he'll be a Buckeye? Man, I, I think they're in great shape to land him. I mean, I don't think he would have decommitted from Florida without some uh, prodding from Ohio State or some assurance from Ohio State that they would take him. Usually you don't leave your place until you have another place in mind. And I think Wilcoxon's places at Ohio State, I think that's where he wants to be. You know, I saw him 
and, and I talked to him at the Under Armour camp in Orlando when I was on vacation in Florida. Really good kid. I mean, I really liked him. The people on IMG just loved the kid. Um, now, when I saw him there, he didn't look like a corner to me. He looked like a safety to me. I didn't think he had the hips and I, or, or the, the recovery time to play corner, but he was at that camp and he was hurt. So IMG had got me some practice clips of him, some drill clips of him going through drills as a corner, and it was a total different person than when I saw the day at that camp. So, you know, going off the clips they sent me, I'm kind of seeing cornerback for Kamar Wilcoxon. Wow. When I saw him in person, you know, when I saw him in person, he was hurt, you know, and I didn't know that. The kid shouldn't have went through the camp if he was hurt. Um, and then you don't get dummies like me saying he can't play corner. But what I saw in person was the safety. The clips they sent me from IMG of him going through drill work was, was corner. So we'll see. Like I say, um, I, I think they need him to play corner. You know, they need corners. So I think that's – if they're going to take him, I think they're taking him with the assumption that he's going to play corner. I'm glad you corrected me on that. I, I said he was a safety. I see. I should have learned my lesson from Jeff Okuda when I saw he was a six foot one, 190 pound high school senior. I'm like that kid is gonna. There's no way he's gonna play corner. He's, he's gonna be a safety. He's just too big. And boy, was I wrong. We're talking about one of the best corners to come out of Ohio State in recent memory, and that's saying a lot. So I see six one one ninety for Kamar. Go let ahead, me Dave. Let me interrupt you a minute here. When I saw Jeffrey Okuda as a junior at the Future Fifty down in uh, where was that at? It was at Under Armour. I saw safety all the way. I love that kid as a safety, and I still love him as a safety. Now, he's an awesome corner, too. And, but I always felt like, man, put that kid in the middle of the field as a center fielder and let him just roam with his range of motion. So I'm with you on Okuda as a safety. I had Okuda pegged as a safety from day one. You know, you put those guys on the corner, you can avoid them. You put them in the middle of the field, you can't avoid them. So he was so great that he could have played anywhere. So, but but you're not out of out of the ballpark there and thinking Okuda, you know, could have been a great safety because that was exactly the way I saw that kid when I saw him playing high school. So he was just good enough that you could have put him anywhere, and that spot was going to be shored up. But I was with you on that one. Well, it sounds like Kamar Wilcoxon is the exact type of DB that Kerry Combs wants. He talks all the time about wanting guys to come in, and he doesn't even even he likes guys where he doesn't know if they're going to be a corner or a safety. He likes starting guys at outside corner if they can play there, and then if they can't do it, they'll he'll move them inside. So, is Wilcoxon is his game somewhat not that he's going to be as good as Jeff Okuda? Don't get me wrong, but is is his game somewhat similar to Okuda's? Well, I I think he's not that caliber of an athlete. I don't think because Okuda to me was special from the first time I saw him. He was like a guy that you just don't see anyone like that you know well I wouldn't say that about Kamar but I will say this about Kamar he left his home um I think he's originally from Georgia I could be wrong on that but he told me he came to IMG for the because they're the best and he really wanted to be coached by the best play against the best play with the this is a driven kid okay this kid wants to be great so I love his mental makeup. I love the fact that, you know, that's hard, man. When you're 16, 17 years old, I wasn't leaving my high school to go to some school that I didn't know. You know, I wasn't mature enough. I wouldn't have been mature enough to make that decision. I wanted to be with my friends. And, but this kid was sharp enough and mature enough to know that, you know, to get where he wants to be down the road, which is in the NFL, it was better for him to go to IMG, leave his friends, leave his family, 
you know, and that's, that's a sharp kid to me. And I was really impressed with him. So, you know, for me to sit here and tell you that he's the next Jeff Okuda, I can't do that. But, I mean, there was a lot to like about that kid. You know, um, so I, I think he's going to end up at Ohio State, and I think they're going to be really happy with him. It's great news for the Buckeyes, and great stuff as always from Bill Bank Green. Really appreciate it, Bank. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate that as well. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's have the Buckeye swag, best damn band in land. <laughs> Set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.